0: Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, please, beginning to read. And verse 31. And again departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him, and they took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. and looking up to heaven, he sighed, and saith unto him, "Ethfa, that is, be opened." And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake again. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear. The dumb to speak. In those days, the multitude being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, "I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed, and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat, and were filled, and they took up of the baskets meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. will stop there. Please keep your Bible open, for we will be referring to these passages later on. Let's in a word of prayer. Father, take your word now and inscribe it on every heart. And Father, help us to see none other, no preacher, no man save Jesus only. And help us, Lord, open our ears and open our hearts. And cause us to listen. Cause us to know you. Cause us to love you. Lord, we worship and adore you. You're great and you're greatly to be praised. And there is none beside thee. There's none like thee in all the earth, nor in the heavens above. So we ask you now to settle us in your presence. And if there's one here who's not made their calling and their election sure, by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus and trusting in his finished work at Calvary's tree, we pray, Father, that you would draw them tonight and save their soul for time and eternity and make them sure of a heaven again and a hell to shine. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From Mark chapter 8, that's when we read, In those days the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them. From that verse, right through to the verse number 21 of chapter 8. There's four different conversations happen. One is revision. Christ is revising with his disciples. All of these miracles has happened. The healing of the sick. The giving off the bread. The feeding of 4,000 And you'll read later in that chapter up to those verses that this is a separate occasion from what's commonly known as the feeding of the 5,000. This is a second occasion when Christ has done a similar miracle, showing himself not only as God, showing himself not only as willing to bless and meet the need, but showing himself as the satisfaction and the fulfillment of every heart. And of every man, of every woman. Here is, it says, in those days, the multitude being very great. We don't want to dwell on this too much tonight, but this sets a time apart when something fantastic, something wonderful, something magnificent of a great big magnitude is happening. When men or women are coming to Christ and they're coming from the left hand, and they're coming from the right, and they're bowing at his feet, and they're proclaiming him as Lord, and he's casting out devils, and he's healing the sick, and he's touching the deaf, and he's touching the dumb, and all manner of things are happening all around him. And Christ must bring his disciples into a place of revision. Everybody is believing that Jesus is Messiah. They're all crying unto him for mercy. But his disciples seem to have somewhat a waning lack of faith even though they have been allowed to partake in the sovereign work of the sovereign Lord. And Christ starts to get his disciples around him. And we'll look at these points next week in the Lord's will. He starts to revise. He starts giving them maths revision, talking about the loaves and the fish. How many were there? How many baskets? And there are certain particular numbers that the Holy Spirit has penned in this chapter, Mark chapter 8, that you and I need to really, truly look at. For example, the number seven, the number four. All mentioned, number five is mentioned later in the chapter. Christ does a mild revision with them for he's shown them that the mathematics of the scripture is very, very important. That God has placed everything under his care, everything is under his control and everything is under his sovereign will plan, on purpose. And here, Christ is showing them, what did you see, boys? What did you partake of? What miracle was I allowing you to do in my name? Now tell me, have I changed? No, Lord. Then let's revise it. Secondly, they look, we look at the Lord Jesus speaking to the old Pharisees, the men with the tradition of men's, the men who thought they knew the scriptures but knew nothing at all but Talmudic religion. And they asked for another sign that he was Messiah. They asked for more that he was the Savior. And Christ is refusing. First of all, he's revising. Secondly, he is refusing. He's refusing another sign. And we'll look at that, God willing, next week. Then thirdly, he's reasoning. We have a reasonable God. God wants you to come as you are in your your warts and your lumps and your bumps of sin. And he says, come before me as you are and repent at my feet and I freely love you. He reasons with us over our condition. He reasons with us what we have been up to. He reasons with the depraved nature of a man's heart by regenerating us. And allowing us to see ourselves in need of him. Do you know if you see yourself in need of Christ? Do you know if you see yourself as a sinner and you cannot save yourself? It's not off yourself that it's off the Lord. And God is reasoning with you. God is pleading the cause. That's why in Genesis 6 and 9, God says, My spirits are not always strive with man. The word strive there in the Hebrew context is the word dun. And my spirit shall not always plead the cause with you. Sir, lady, friend, visitor, whoever. Ask yourself if Christ decides to stop pleading the cause. And you know God has been speaking to you, leading you or dealing with you where would you go since there's nowhere else to go but to him? If he stopped pleading the cause with you, you realize you would be lost, that the hardening of your heart, you would never be able to soften it again. So Christ reasons with his disciples then, and fourthly, he reminisces. He takes them back to a time when they were in full flow of the anointing, serving him Do you remember, boys, the 5,000? You seem amazed at the four. What about the five? I've done big things. I've done good things. I've done great things for you, he said. I have allowed you to partake of my glory here on the earth as you have given out the glory of God through loaves and fish by laying your hands on the sick and so on. He says, now let's reminisce about this and think of the goodness of God and how God uses a little man or a little woman who are a speck of dust on planet earth but yet thinks so much and loves them so dearly that he will die himself for them in the person of us son. Think about that. How much God loves you. And Reminisce on this and think about it. So we'll look at those in the Lord's will next week. Revising, refusing, reasoning, and reminiscing. Our story this evening but starts with the master and his disciples in the region of Decapolis. If you look at the scriptures in our reading this evening, Mark chapter 7, And verse 31 says, And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. Notice the first words in that verse, and again. The glorious gospel of grace is, and again, he forgives. And again, he loves you freely. And again, he calls you by your name. And again, he comes and strengthens you. And again, and again, and again, and again. Our God is the God of the and again. And again, he blesses you. And again, he strengthens you. And again, he gives to you. And again, he lifts you. And Christ has went through all of the region. And he goes from one place. And again he returns. And again he goes somewhere else. And again he comes back. And again and again he moves from city to city. From town to town. From village to village. And again. See Christ went about doing good the scripture says. And again. Do you know and again tonight God is speaking to you. Do you know, and again tonight, God is reasoning with you. And again tonight, God is revising with you. And again tonight, God is reminiscing in your mind with you. And again. How many times must God do the and again before we bow the knee to him? Here and again, he comes to the coast of Decapolis. The word here Decapolis simply means the region, the area of 10 cities. The region or the area of 10 cities. This is where in ancient Israel's days, East Manasseh were. And they're carried away and there's other populations coming. There's a different scattering All around this region. But nonetheless, the Lord comes to this area and the Lord had carried out great miracles and he had given some golden nuggets of divine wisdom everywhere he went. He preached the truth for he is absolute truth. And he tells people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And he called men away from tradition the truth. He called them away from religion to relationship. And he calls them away from ritual onto Holy Ghost regeneration. In other words, God speaking, quickening, making men and women alive to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And here he is going around. He enters into the area of 10 cities called Decapolis. Now Jesus had a forerunner. Someone went before him and someone testified of what Christ had done for them. And Jesus enters in and the people are expecting. Did you come tonight with an expectant heart? Did you come tonight with an expectant heart that the word of God would speak to you? Did you come tonight with an expectant heart that the Lord himself would come and move on you? That you would be blessed in His presence, did you come expecting to give on to the Lord and worship? Did you come expecting tonight for the Lord to do great things? The people were expectant. There was a forerunner had went before him. He was an herald. Uh, a town crier if you want, a witness, a testimony, a sure-fired, living, breathing, walking, talking advertisement of the coming of Christ and his glorious work, his compassion, his love and his grace. This forerunner went around ten cities saying, I want to tell you about Jesus. I have met Messiah, the Christ of God, the Son of the living God. I want to tell you what he's like. And what he can do for you. Now people in ten cities... We're expecting. I wonder if you and I went out and witnessed and testified unashamedly for Christ in our own village here in Donnaclone. I wonder how many would be expecting by the next week or expecting by the next moment or expecting God to move there and then in our lives if we truly believe what we believe and saw what we have saw and preach what we say we know about Christ. This man was fervent. This man couldn't help himself but preach Christ. Some say, might ask, well, was this man, John the Baptist, the man who was filled with the Holy Ghost, even in his mother's womb? And the answer is no, it was not. Was it one of the disciples, as Jesus had sent out 70, two by two, as he sends them out a later date, was it one of them that he had sent out and we're not told about? No, it wasn't. We're told who this man was. We're told of this wonderful witness. He was a tremendous testifier. He was an honorary herald. He was an enamored advertiser. And it was none other. Are you ready who, to, to hear who this man was? He was the man who was a cave dweller. He was a man who lived in the mountains. He was a man who lived in the tombs in the graveyards. Cutting himself at night. Full of demons. And he's known as legion in the Bible. He was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. The man possessed with devils and demons. The man who cut himself in the tombs. The man who was left separated from his loved ones, separated from his family and friends, separated from his community and all that he loved and knew. The man who was set apart, who was bound with chains, who was bound with fetters, and he broke them in his rage because the demonic forces in him were so strong he could not be held. And this man was the forerunner of Christ. You know what this tells me? There's no man, there's no woman in this place tonight. There's no man and no woman in this whole world tonight. There's no man and no woman who has fallen so far, who has went so deep, who are deep died in their sin, that Jesus cannot rescue, that Jesus cannot forgive, that Jesus cannot save, that Jesus cannot touch, that Jesus cannot heal, that Jesus cannot cleanse, and Jesus cannot restore, for Jesus can do all things. This is the Christ we serve, and this is the Christ we love. This man, full of a legion of demons. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, just before our reading, from verse 1 to 17, we haven't time to read it. It tells you the story of this man. And the Lord Jesus comes to the region of the Gadarenes, gets out of a boat, after feeding 5,000 men beside women and children with five body loaves and two small fish and saving his disciples from in the midst of a storm by walking to them upon the waves of the sea, calming the sea by the word of his mouth, steps out of the boat, and the first thing he's met with was a man full of a legion of demons. You think when you get off the boat, you say, well then, we're on the other side. Praise God and hallelujah. No, the devil flies at him comes screaming toward him. But the closer the devil gets to Jesus, the weaker the devil becomes. Because the devil realizes that Jesus is greater than Satan and sin, and Satan to Jesus must buy. And the man comes flying down the shoreline, and he falls at Jesus' feet. What have we to do with thy Jesus, the Son of the Most High God? Aren't thou come to torment us before our time? He says. The demons are squealing out of him and crying out of him. Here, the Lord speaks to the demon. He says, what is thy name? He says, my name is Legion. Notice singular, for we, plural, are many. Like a Roman Legion army, there was a legion of demons in this poor man. This man, we're told, he cried at night. And he cut himself with stones. You imagine getting a sharp-edged stone and being so sore, tormented and heartbroken And your mind is in turmoil. And you don't know whether you're coming or whether you're going. And you don't have anyone beside you. No one wants to be near you. Everyone gives you a wide berth and they try to chain you up. And you're living amongst the dead in the tombs and the caves of the rocks. Can you imagine that being your lifestyle? And you're crying for help. And you're crying for mercy. And inside the devil has you bound. He's tormenting you day and night friend listen listen to me if you don't know Christ if you don't know him as your own personal Lord and Savior when you leave this scene of time and you die without Christ that's who you'll spend eternity with that's who you'll spend eternity with People don't like to talk about it nowadays. People say it's not politically correct. Well, I want to tell you something. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And those who, don't want, who want to be politically correct don't love you enough to tell you the truth for they don't want to hurt your feelings in this life. I'd rather hurt your feelings in this life than nurse you into hell in the next. This man's cutting himself. And in his rages, he's breaking chains and fetters. Christ comes and he runs down the beach. Mark chapter 5, and verse 18 reads, And when he was come to the ship, we're told that Jesus gets out of the ship and the man comes to his feet and, and Jesus casts the devils out of him. I have to paraphrase for time's sake. He casts the devils out of him and the man is found sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. Oh, what relief! What blessed joy, what great salvation, what wonderful redemption to be sitting at the feet of Jesus rather in the grip of Satan. And we're told that when Christ goes, we're told in verse eighteen, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Oh Jesus, I couldn't get away from the devil. Oh, Jesus, I couldn't break free from the devil and the demons of hell. They had me bound. They had me in chains. They had me spiritually. That I was tormented and demented, possessed, Lord. And oh, I wanted so much for my freedom, but I hadn't got any. But Lord, now I want to follow you wherever you go. I want to be with you. Listen to me. Do you see the man and woman who truly, honestly, Get born again of the Spirit of God. They don't want to go back to the devil in the world. They want to follow Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. Because they have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Notice what he says. It says, He prayed him that might be with him. Verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered or allowed him not, but saith unto him, Go home. Go home. To thy friends and tell them, notice the language now, tell them how great things the Lord hath done on thee. Go and tell your family, go and witness and tell them what the Lord has done. Go tell them what Kurios has done. In other words, go tell them what Adonai, go tell them what Jehovah, go tell them what the great Messiah has done for you. Christ is proclaiming himself as God and Messiah. Verse 20, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis. There we are. He began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men. Notice, all men did marvel. Now here's what we want to look at for a moment. The word publish here. He began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. The word published means he preached. Gives the idea of a town crier. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Or gives the idea of someone shouting fire, fire, fire. That's the idea of it. This man wasn't mealy mouthed. This man wasn't wishy-washy about his love for Christ. This man wasn't, wasn't a weakling for the gospel. This man was full of passion. This man was full of fire. This man was full of Jesus. In other words, this man had Jesus overflowing him. This man had Jesus, even if it were possible, pouring out his very pores. He says, I can't help but tell you what Jesus has done for me. He published, he preached, that means to proclaim with gravity and authority which must be listened to and obeyed. See the word how great things he published in Decapolis, High, great things. It's used here and it gives the idea, the word is "hosus," And the term how great things, hoses is actually used 116 times in the New Testament. But it's used five in the terms of how great things, it's used five times. Two of them are here in our reading here. Two of them are in Luke's account when Luke mentions this narrative. And one then is at a later date. I'll talk about it in a moment. But the word here, how great things, gives the idea or the meaning of whatsoever things, whatsoever in any direction that came to his mind, everything that Jesus had done, he started to talk. In other words, he talked about this. Oh, here, I forgot. Let me tell you something else. And I was there and was cutting myself with stones. And Jesus came and I saw his face. Let me tell you what he looks like. Oh, I heard his voice. Let me tell you what he sounds like. That's the idea. This man was full of Jesus. Church, let's get full of Jesus again. Let's get full of vigor and passion for Jesus. Here is an idea. It means, as many as. First John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, that is Christ, to them give you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. In other words, down throughout the years and ages from Christ till now, as many as, here's one here, in Northern Ireland, has come to Christ. Here's another one here in England and Scotland and Wales, United States or wherever across the world. And as many as down throughout the years, through all time, all those who came, there's another one, there's a testimony, there's another one, there's a testimony, there's another one, there's a testimony. As many as receive him. To them give you the power, the right, the authority, the privilege, the license to become the sons of God. You see the idea? This man started looking just to testify about Christ. Here's another one. Acts 2, 38, 39. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. As many as. When God called me and God called Gordon and God called Christina and God called Philip and Elizabeth and Margaret and Richard and Lauren and God called my wife and somebody else's wife. When God called throughout the years, it's as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's the idea this man in ten cities he kept saying I've more to tell you it's not enough hold on eternity I will spend it throughout the ages worshipping and praising testifying and giving glory to the Lord Jesus for what he has done for me. For what Christ has done. See if you have only one thing to testify of And testify of it well. It's his saving grace from stopping you from going to a lost eternity. That should be enough. uh, Brethren, sisters, that should be enough for us to testify of Christ forever. How great things. Paul the apostle, when he was Saul, was sitting in Damascus and Straight Street and Ananias is told to go get him. And the Lord says to Ananias, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24 to 28, roughly, you have Paul gives a catalogue, we haven't time to read it, of being whipped by the Jews, of the times that he was whipped, the amount of times, of being shipwrecked, of being stoned, of being left for dead, and all the things that he suffered, he says of something else, hold on I 'm not finished yet. Let me tell you what I suffered. Let me tell you about the shipwreck. oh, there's another one happened this it was the third one by the way. A night and a day have I been in the deep? I want to tell you something else that happened. See, it keeps going, and that 's the idea of this man. This man comes in to ten cities, and he keeps talking, he keeps witnessing and preaching and heralding, and testifying, and advertising, and announcing, and proclaiming Jesus. Proclaims his compassion, and his grace, and his glory, his wonder, his beauty, his splendor, his authority, his deity, and his power. He's going everywhere going, Jesus saves, folks. Jesus saves. Are you lost? Jesus saves. Are you sick? Jesus heals. Do you need help? Jesus can fill you with his Holy Ghost. That's the idea Let me tell you what has happened to me. In other words, this man would be crying. Remember me, I was the demoniac. Remember me, I was the one in the caves and the tombs. Remember me, I was the one crying out and cutting myself. I was the one who could not be bound with chains for my temper and my rage with the demonic forces that were in me. Broke them asunder. Do you remember me? Just recently... And that's someone who knew me from before I was saved. And he says, I looked so different that it would hardly recognize me. I says, "I've got older." he says, "No, no. something about your look." I says, "Let me tell you about Christ." This man went to ten cities and all men did marvel. That means to wonder, to admire, to be amazed, to stand in astonishment. In fact, one modern version that we could put is as he went around they seen this man the idea is he went to Decapolis that's where he was from one of those cities and in 10 cities going around his name was infamous his name was known he was that man away out there keep him out there no one wanted to know him then suddenly he's clothed he's in his right mind and he's preaching about a man called Jesus The idea is that everybody knew him and everybody saw the change of that man. Everybody saw the grace of God in that man's life. And this is the modern version of astonishment. It's like going to your tire and taking out the valve or letting it out that the air may escape and they went, wow. It's like the air coming out of them. He knocked the air out of them. By preaching Christ unto them. Surely this man could say, like Psalm 40, verses 2 and 5, He hath brought me up out of an, also out of an horrible pit and from the merry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. He has established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Listen, many shall see it, shall fear, shall trust in the Lord. This man was saying look what the Lord has done. Look at me. Look what the Lord has done. Brother look at you. Look what the Lord has done. Sister look at you. Look what the Lord has done. Look at those you know who were in the world and in the clubs and in the nightlife drugged out of their head and you thought you know what? How could God ever reach someone like that? Well you know you're looking at one Look what the Lord has done. It's same for you. The devil tried to drag me to hell, but look what the Lord has done. The devil came to steal, to kill and to destroy, but look what the Lord has done. The devil had me bound, fettered and chained and captive, but look what the Lord has done. The devil took my mind, He tormented me and demented me, my strength, my hope, my joy, my peace, my happiness and my blessing. The devil had robbed me of it all, but look what the Lord has done. He meets Christ on a beach. Christ speaks to the demons and the demons leave and Psalm 33 and 9 would be very apt here for he spake and it was done speak the word only Lord my servant shall be healed speak the word only Lord the hearts of our loved ones and they shall be saved look what the Lord has done this man comes this forerunner crying look what the Lord has done in my life they know him they're aghast at him they can't get their breath back They're amazed and they're astounded and they're astonished. You see, he's stirring their hearts. He's pricking the conscience. He's raising their hopes, their expectations. He's preparing the way. He's building up their faith. He's breaking down barriers. He's restoring lost vision. He's proclaiming Christ and speaking life into death. For he came from the tombs to the town, from the smell of physical death into the smell of spiritual death. And the man with the life of God overcame it. He says, look what the Lord has done. And they all did marvel. I'm closing. Thank you for your attention. In Mark chapter 7 and verse 37 says, they were beyond measure, astonished saying, he hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. They were astonished beyond measures the word hooper paresios and it means to strike into astonishment to strike one out of their own self possession. It's like an all I think we would maybe say I wouldn't even know myself. They didn't know themselves. They didn't look like themselves. <laughs> Someone says that to you. You don't look like yourself. Who do you look like? They were outside themselves. In other words, they were like a bunch of head cases. That's the idea. That's the demoniac. That's the man, Legion. That's the one who's filled with demons and devils. That can't be him. And he says, it is me. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time, as the course is. I finish with this. The miracle was so great, it almost deprived them out of their self-possession, for he had done all things well. The man was Messiah. The man Christ, God, the Lord Jesus. And now they're seeing him come into town. The forerunner had witnessed of the glory of God. And coming in, they're falling at Jesus' feet, proclaiming him as Lord. And he starts on loosening their tongues. I wonder what the first word was. Was it thank you? Was it praise your matchless name, Lord? Was it a heavenly language? What was the first word? What is the first word when God comes and answers your prayer? Is it, oh, i got to go and tell Aunt Bessie? Is it on the knees and say, thank you, Jesus? May we never cease to be amazed by Christ. May we never be a- cease to be astonished at him. May we never cease to be in wonder of him. May we never cease to be struck out beyond measure, deprived of our own self-possession before him. May we never cease to lose ourselves in the sight of him because of him and his meritorious work on Calvary's cross. Amazement, astonishment, and wonder at his grace, his love, his mercy, his kindness, his compassion, his goodness, his wounds, his cleansing, his forgiveness, his most Precious offering of himself. May you and I never cease to lose the amazement. Of what we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. He has done all things well. And may you and I leave here tonight. Saying look. What the Lord has done. Not what you have done. But what the Lord has done. And may you leave here tonight. Saved. Coming to Christ. For forgiveness of sin. And cleansing in the blood. Leave here tonight knowing your sins are forgiven and you're on the road to glory. And may you say, look what the Lord has done. I went in a sinner and came out a saint. I went in full of the devil and came out full of the Holy Ghost. God bless us this evening. God bless His word to our own hearts. I thank you for your attention. It's such a warm evening. The Lord bless each and every one of Revive, will you come and sing, Lord, peace for us, please, before we go?